Welcome to Benin City Podcast, where we strive to bring you truth for your transformation. Grab your notepad and pen as we lean into this week's message. How many of you were here last week? Come on, with confidence, with confidence. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, last week, God did something very specific. Um, he really pushed us in a, a place of deliverance where we were able to, as we lifted him up, as we uh, thanked him for all that he's done, that we were pushed into a place where all the things that occur within our lives that are not like him had to take a back seat. Had to take a back seat. Um, and I'm privileged to give the word this afternoon. But what I'm literally going to be doing is I'm going to move from that understanding to what God wants us to understand this afternoon. And so I encourage you that you make notes. I encourage you um, that you ponder over these specific scriptures. I encourage you that as you engage with the word, um, that if God is is doing something in you through the word, I want to hear an amen. I want to hear a hallelujah. Okay. Yeah, is everyone with me? Amen, amen, amen. So let's turn to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. And this afternoon, I'm going to teach you what it looks like to sustain what God did last week. For those who were here with us last week, like I said, God moved us into a place where the things that we battled with, the things that our mind struggled with, the things that, that, God, um, that God didn't place in us, but that we picked up, um, God really pushed away and, 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 and released us and delivered us of those things. But my job this afternoon is to teach you how to sustain, how to be sustained in that place. Is everyone with me? My job this afternoon is to teach you that when we talk about, do you love God? This is the question that we're looking at, um, we've been looking at over the last several weeks. Do you love God? And we've been touching on the things that stop us or the things that hinder us from loving God, the things that hinder us from loving people. And as God delivered last week, my desire is, that you would be sustained in deliverance. Touch your neighbor and say, sustained in deliverance. Touch your neighbor and say, sustained in deliverance. So for those who are making notes, the title of my message this afternoon is See and Rejoice. See and Rejoice. See and Rejoice. I want everyone in this room to shout something. Shout, deliver me. Come on, Panim City Church. Shout, deliver me. Deliver me. Now shout this. Now keep me. Now keep me. Psalm 107. Are we there? Psalm 107. And when God was showing me this scripture, man, when I tell you, uh, it, it, it totally rocked my understanding Psalm 107, I'm reading from ESV. That's the English Standard Version. So if you do have your phones, 
turn there. If you, just, if you have your physical Bible, then you can just read along with me. Um, with Psalm 107 from verse 1, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Verse 4. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Verse 7. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Verse 9. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Join me in prayer. Jesus, I thank you so much for this moment. And Father, I thank you that as I attempt to um, uh, speak your scripture and help your people understand, I thank you that the words you said to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. So Father, we thank you so much that your spirit is here and that you bring life to these words that we might live them and they might cause transformation. We partner with you in obedience. We partner with you in submission in accordance to what you have for us this afternoon. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Psalm 107. So when we look at this scripture, the psalmist is writing about four different cases. The reason why I didn't read out the whole chapter is because the chapter is quite long and we would probably be here all day. But Psalm 107, it highlights four cases. And these cases are specific people who are going through specific things. Okay, So these four cases are different types of people, or should I say character profiles. Uh, people who are going through specific things. And the psalmist carefully begins to describe each one. So I want you to flow with me here. We're going to be in the chapter of 107, Psalm 107, so keep it open. Um, but let's look at verse 4 to, to 5. And we're going to jump from these, these verses. But I want, I want to show you these different characters. Verse 4 to verse 5, it says, Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. So you can say it like this, that these people are people who are confused about life. You've been hearing, do you love God? And you're in search of clarity within even being aware of what God is doing through your life. It's almost like you feel frustrated because of the purposes of God, the, the, the lack of understanding of what God wants to do, and it's left you disappointed with life. Turn with me to verse 10 to 11. Verse 10 to 11. It says this, Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God 
and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So this character profile are people that have become comfortable with their sin, that they have not realized that their comfortability with darkness has created chains. And now they're in such a place where they reject God's counsel. These are people who you've lived a life where you've become so comfortable with your sin, with uh, your way of life, with a specific character, that even when you don't want to do that thing, you find yourself in a place where it's like, God, I feel like I'm in chains because even though I don't want to do it, I end up doing it. Look at verse 17 to 18. Verse 17 to 18. It says, some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. So these individuals are those who have been careless with sin and now are suffering the consequences of their, of their disobedience. And these people too reject to eat of God's wisdom and have now created a tent outside the gates of death. These people have said, God, I'm too far gone to even answer the question, do I love you? I'm too far gone to even answer the question, do I love people? And the last character profile is verse 23 to verse 27. And I hope we're capturing this, and God is really going to paint a picture for us. Verse 23 to verse 27. It says, Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. So these individuals, lastly, are those who are hearing the question, God, do you love me? And they're seeing what God has done prior. They're seeing the things that God has done for them. But they find themselves in certain seasons that are quite difficult. And they're doubting as to whether I can come out of that thing. Is everyone with me? They're in such a place where it's like, God, I can't believe that the same thing I was struggling with five years ago is the same thing I'm struggling with now. And they're doubting that the same God who delivered them from that thing then uh, can't deliver them from the same situation now. So the psalmist highlights these four characters. And you might be here today, and, and as you're here today, you might be one of these people. You might be the person that's saying, God, I'm confused about life. Um, I'm struggling to answer the question, do I love you? Uh, because I'm confused about what's even happening with my life right now. Uh, I I'm struggling to see you move within my life. I'm struggling to see your hand within my purpose. You could be the person that is saying, God, I've become too comfortable with my situation. I've become too comfortable with my way of life. I've become too comfortable with my sin. I've become too comfortable with that specific character that I want to break free, but uh, I feel bound. I feel bound. 
Or you might be the person that's here and saying, God, right now I'm suffering the consequences of my actions, of my disobedience. And I feel like I'm too far gone for you to touch me. I'm too far gone for you to heal me. I'm too far gone for you to deliver me. I'm too far gone to see you move within my life. Or you could be that person that's saying, God, I'm not sure that the way you moved then is the way you can move now. Regardless of what place you might lie in, Psalm 107 repeats something very, very beautiful. After each character profile, after each circumstance, after each type of person, the psalmist repeats this in verse 6. It says this, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. The first truth that I want you to understand is that regardless of where you fall, God is present to deliver. Regardless of where you might find yourself, God is present to deliver. And what I love specifically within the book of Psalms, uh, within this chapter 107, is that some of these things, some of these character profiles, some of these people, some of these situations were done against God. Some of these things were done against him. You read through the chapter and you realize that there were people who turned away and who rejected, it says, the counsel of God, who, who rejected the wisdom of God. And then following after that, it still says, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. I want to set this premise that God, isn't, God is more concerned about your freedom than he is about looking or seeming right. God is more concerned about your freedom than he, than he is standing over you and saying, I told you not to go there. And so even when these things are done against God, it repeats the same truth. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. This is beautiful because it shows a picture of God's love. It shows a picture of his grace. It shows a picture of his mercy. The fact that these things can be done against God and then we still cry out to him and he delivers means that he's present to deliver. And some of you might, experience, might have experienced that last week. Some of you might have been present within the service and you cried out to God. And it's like, for some of you, this week has been amazing. For some of you, it's like, man, I've never prayed like I've, like, like I've prayed before. I've never read my word like, like, like I've read this week before. I feel like uh, this, this issue or this thing is finally wearing off. I feel healthier. I feel better. Because when you cried out to him, he's faithful to deliver. Because when you cried out to him in your trouble and you said, God, I need you, he's faithful enough to step into that situation and to free you from that thing. I want us to highlight something. The Bible says that they cried to the Lord. The word cry within this is not a, a crying uh, to, it's not a crying with. It's, it's, a, it's a crying unto. 
So it's almost like the image of putting your head on the chest of Jesus and saying, Jesus, you are the only one who can deliver me. And so this isn't a crying to say, you know, God, my situation is really bad. This isn't a cry to say, God, I'm tired of, 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 of suffering the consequences of my actions. But this is a cry to say, God, you are the only one who can deliver me. You are the only one who has the capacity to free me. And so they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them. But I love that it doesn't just repeat this after every character profile or after every situation. But then it goes on to verse 8. Let's look at verse 8. Verse 8 says this. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Now when I first read this, my understanding was this. The once you have been delivered, you now must thank God for his love and his works of deliverance on your behalf. The once you have been delivered, you must now thank him. But look at how Psalm 107 ends. And this is going to paint a real picture for us. This is going to paint a real picture for us. Look at the end of Psalm 107. That's verse 42 to 43. And I want us to look at this. Let's start in verse 42. It says, The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. i read that again. The upright, in other words, the righteous, see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. The righteous see it. What's it? The goodness of God. God's ability to deliver them. Right? Is everyone with me? The righteous see it and are glad. In the NIV it says they rejoice. The wicked see it. What's it? God's goodness on my behalf. The way God delivered me. The wicked see it and they close their mouths. So this is what God helped me understand. That there is a connection between being righteous and living a life of thanksgiving. That it's the wicked who see how God has delivered them and keep their mouth shut. This is what God helped me understand. God is not calling them wicked because they didn't say thank you. God is calling them wicked because they're going to go back to it. Why? Because they didn't thank God. So there's a connection between being the righteous and living a life of thanksgiving. Remember, we're looking at the question, do you love God? And you might be one of these people that are, that are in these characters that Psalm 107 is presenting to us. It says the righteous see it, the ability for God to deliver them. And they are glad. And the wicked shut their mouths. God is not calling them wicked because they didn't say thank you. God is calling them wicked because they're going to go back to it. Why? Because they did not live a life of adoration before God. It's those 
who walk in righteousness that live a life of thanksgiving. And this is why. Because if you are aware of how God saved you, you are not willing to go back. When you are aware of what God saved you from, there is an unwillingness to go back to that thing. When you are aware of how God delivered you, when you are aware of how God saved you, when you're aware of the mercy and the grace of God, you are unwilling to go back to that very thing that kept you there. Look at verse 43. It says, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. New King James Version says this, Whoever is wise will observe these things and they will understand the loving kindness of God. You want to be in a place where you sustained what God did last week? You want to be in a place where you sustained what God did in, in weeks prior. You want to be in a place where you sustain the deliverance, where you sustain God's freedom. See it and rejoice. See and rejoice. You want to be in a place where you don't go back to that very thing. You want to be in a place where you don't go back. Remember I said, God has, done, God has performed deliverance in this very room. But if you want to continue walking in, in free from that thing that held your mind captive, you have to practice thanksgiving. It's found in your ability to look at Jesus and thank him for what he did. Because when you thank him for what he did, you become aware of his work on your behalf. And when you become aware of his work on your behalf, it gives strength so that when you are tempted with that very thing, you're reminded that Jesus freed you. That you're reminded that Jesus delivered you. You're reminded that Jesus set you free. And so when you are reminded of that truth, and you thank him for that truth, there is an unwillingness to go back. There is an unwillingness to go back to that very thing. Why? Because you've chosen to live a life of thanksgiving. You've chosen to remember. This is what Samantha was praying at the start. Remember what he's done for you. There is something so powerful about living a life of thanksgiving. Because Psalm 107 highlights this, that the upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. So the ability to walk uprightly, the ability to walk in righteousness is found in your ability to rejoice. The ability to walk uprightly, the ability to walk in righteousness is found in your ability to give thanks for what God did because it reminds you of what he's done to free you. And so there is an un unwillingness to go back to that very thing. Is everyone with me? Verse 43, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. When you look at the word consider, the word consider in the Hebrew 
carries, an un- carries this understanding. It says, give understanding, make understanding, or teach. Give understanding to make understanding or to teach. What is God saying to us? Thanksgiving makes you wise because it teaches you about how God saved you and disciples you into the ability to continually walk free. Thanksgiving makes you wise because it teaches you about how God has saved you and disciples you into the ability to continually walk free. And so as God is asking us this question, do you love me? And we've said, God, I'm confused about life. God, I'm too far gone in my mess. God, uh, I feel like I'm rejecting your counsel. I know what I should be doing, but it's almost like there's a struggle within that. God is present to deliver. But if you want to be in a place to sustain, to steward God's deliverance, then you need to live a life of thanksgiving. This is the connection that Psalm 107 is making. The psalmist highlights the wisdom as to be a person who continually rejoices. The psalmist is highlighting the wisdom to be the person who continually lives a life of thanksgiving. Why is there a connection between walking uprightly and giving thanks? Because God knows your ability to give thanks to him, your ability to adore him, your ability to wake up in the morning and say, God, I thank you for what you've done for me. It gives strength. Because when you remember what he's done for you, there is an unwillingness to go back to that thing. What happens in the moment of when there is disobedience, the moment of sin? You go through moments where it's like you do something that's contrary, that's against to what God has told you to do. And then soon after that thing, There is like a, you feel really bad. There is like a, oh, I shouldn't have done that because I know God God told me not to do that. I know I'm not supposed to do that. I know that this is what God has told me to do. Why is that present after and not present in between? Because what sin does, what disobedience does, is it causes you to forget what God has done for you. And so your mind is focused on that pleasure, on satisfying that need. And then soon after that need has been met, what happens? You remember. It's like, man, I shouldn't have done that because God did this and this for me. God died for me. He set me free. If you want to be in a place where you continually walk free, where you walk righteous, where you walk in holiness, where you walk in all the in obedience and all that God, God has for you, live a life where you are constantly renewing your mind at the truth that Jesus has done this for me.
And let me tell you what it will do. When that temptation comes, you then are able to say, God has done this for me. And so I refuse to go back to that. Instead of having that realization after the sin, practice having the realization before. So when you're like, that thing is tempting, but God, I remember what you've done for me. I remember what you said concerning me. I remember how I was in service last week and I was on my knees and I cried out to you and you delivered me. Remind me of that so that I might not go into this. Remind me of that truth so that I would not go into this. There is power in living a life of thanksgiving. There is power in reminding yourself of what Jesus has done. The last thing that we want to do is go through this whole series of teaching and you go back and you're still struggling at the same depth in that thing. God desires that you actually live a life above that. But if you're going to live a life above that, you have to remember to see and rejoice. See and rejoice. That when you're struggling to pray, when you're struggling to open your word, remember what he's done for you. See and rejoice. And I'm telling you, it will move you into such a place where you are able, you have strength to do that specific thing. Why? Because you've been reminded of what God has for you. Because you've been reminded of his work on your behalf. Because you've been reminded that the same God who delivered me, now he's worthy of this kind of lifestyle. He's worthy of this kind of thought pattern. He's worthy of this kind of character. He's worthy of it. Verse 43, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let him consider the steadfast love of the Lord.